0: This podcast is brought to you by lineupmedia.fm.
1: Youth baseball talk. Only on lineupmedia.fm. Now your host, Jim Cromer.
2: Hello, everybody. Welcome to this week's edition of Youth Baseball Talk, brought to you by the Rope Trainer. And as our friend and yours, John Smoltz, says, everyone should have one, from big leaguers to little leaguers. Make sure you check out theropetrainer.com today. Uh, looking forward to uh, 2018 with the Rope Trainer, as our good friends Earl Perrin, Chris Vernon, and, of course, John Smoltz, have, uh, have a lot of interesting things uh, set up for us for 2018 to introduce you and yours to the Rope Trainer. Make sure you check it out today, theropetrainer.com. Um, and don't let me forget my friend Kurt McNabb in there as the uh, spokesman for them on this show of Youth Baseball Talk from his Dirtbag Baseball Nation post and of course the Rope Report. Um, excited about the show today. Uh, I you know, I try to stay in tune with what's going on across the country, across the game of baseball. Um, sometimes things come out and I have conversations with people and it might strike my my fancy, if you will, to talk about it. Um, something that's been talked about at length at different times. That is a, and quite frankly, a a burning point a little bit for me, are bats. Um, some of my opinion on bats is personal, so let me say right away that some of my thoughts on this are personal. Please don't, please don't uh, use me as a scientific guru when it comes to bats. Please do not use me and my opinion in any way, shape, or form for either side of the argument as a authoritative figure on the safety. Okay? I don't have them. And I'm going to explain why I don't have any stats in front of me for any of that kind of stuff. I'll explain it. Okay? And then you, again, so this is kind of an opinion almost. I am going to talk about some statements, and you guys can take those for what they're worth. But as far as my opinion is concerned, and I've said this a 100 times over, when it's just my opinion, you do what you want with it. Throw it in the trash, listen to it, and maybe ask some questions and find out if I, my opinion is so far off base or maybe there's some merit to it. If anything, the show has always been designed around the theory of let's just get communicating and talking about the great game of baseball and how we can improve it. Um, sometimes you have to look at the bad things if you want to move forward, right? So in my personal opinion, I'm just going to say this before I get to my gratuitous openings, um, Bats have gotten out of control. And I think they had gotten really out of control to where they they realized they had a problem and they started reeling them in a, a little while back, which is fine. I get it. Um, and again, everybody does what they do for different reasons. The business of baseball is always going to be there. And if we try to ignore it, we're burying our heads in the sand. So sometimes you got to try to figure out You know, how do we do what's best while also understanding that there's other things at play here than just what I think, right? So, the business side of baseball is always going to come into play when it comes to this sort of thing. So, to ignore it and to say it's stupid and I, it's just, again, you can bang your head against the wall all day long and it's not going to change. Change is the key word here, though. So, whenever there is a change, you're going to have people on both sides of the aisle of change, right? So, if, uh, if you personally feel the change is good, you're going to be on the side of we should have done this a long time ago. This is great. I'm so glad this is happening. If you uh, disagree with it, it's going to be I don't understand why they're doing this. And then you're going to go right to the first negative thing. And, oh, it's just a, it's just a money grab. You know, not, they want people to buy new bats. I mean, we just bought a bat. Now we've got to buy a new bat. That's always the first argument when it comes to bat stuff. Um, they want this. They want that. I mean, again, I get it. And you're completely entitled to your opinion. And to think that isn't some of it would be naive. So let's not be naive. Let's open our minds, let's open our ears, let's open our hearts a little bit when it comes to certain things that comes to the game of baseball, and let's see if we can't figure out what's really at play here, and is it or is it not good for the game? That ultimately is what the discussion revolves around, right? So we're going to talk a little bit about today about bats. And uh, it's mainly because it's an extremely hot topic right now. I think it's something that uh, people have been aware has been, has, has been coming. But in our warmer weather states, because this thing took effect in 2018, it's now starting because they are playing baseball. And in the Midwest and in places where you typically can't play year-round and the season is upon us, people now are realizing, holy cow, this is happening, Right. So that's why it's probably, you know, it was it was big news a little while back, and then you kind of, you know, straggler hear about it, and now it's front and center. So we're going to talk today about bats. And, of course, what I'm talking about is the new USA bat standards that, baffling to me, not everybody is adhering to. And th- what I find interesting about not adhering to it is <laughs> now what you've done is is by other organizations not adhering to what USA baseball, which I'm sorry, okay, I'm sorry to everybody else, USA baseball uh, to me is the governing body. Now, USSA is going to have something to say about that and so are some of these other money money hungry machines, but at the end of the day, you believe what you want to believe, okay? When when I have somebody that is concerned about the integrity of the game, the the safety of the game, where the game's going, the investment in the game and all this kind of stuff versus everything we do is strictly a business. I'm going to go with the other people. Sorry about that. Just my opinion. You Triple folks aren't going to like to hear that. Neither are some of the other tournament series and things like that. I don't really care. I, I don't. Okay. I, I I don't I don't care. So I, I none of these people own me. So I whatever. I'm going to say what I want to say. I know what I've seen with my own eyes. Okay. This bat thing is going to be an example, and I'm going to give you my theories on it. And again, you can throw them in the trash if you want. Uh, before I get to it, of course, you know I got to do the uh, do the opening here. So, uh, going to ask you to check us out at youthbaseballtalk.com. Uh, when you get there, my ask of you is very simple. Uh, we'd ask you to subscribe to the show. Uh, by doing so, you get a, a notification on your mobile device when the show has been released. That way, you're like, hey, the the new show's out. I can listen to it whenever I want. That's the beautiful thing of podcasting. Uh, please do that. The other thing I will ask all of our listeners to do, if you uh, are in this situation to, that you do shopping online, especially with Amazon. We would ask you to click the Amazon banner on our website and do your shopping that way through Amazon. It doesn't cost you anything. Once you click it, you're done with us. We get a very small, and I'm talking pennies, uh, but if we get 100,000 people doing it, it helps us with production cost, if you understand what I'm saying. So uh, the ask there is that you guys uh, do your shopping through Amazon uh, for us. On your mobile device, you just scroll all the way down. On our website, youthbaseballtalk.com, on your computer, it's a banner off to the right down a little bit. Um, We would appreciate it greatly. A lot of you guys, what I love most about the website, because it's obvious this is what you're doing, I still have shows that I did three and a half years ago that people are listening to the first episode. So some of our newer members, you're going back and binge-watching and listening. Let me tell you something. I've had some amazing guests on here. So definitely, please, go back, listen to some of the past episodes. Um, you you won't be sorry. Uh, there's some great, great influencers that I've had on the show. Um, find us on Twitter. Uh, we're almost to 10,000 followers. I do not buy followers. Um I uh, if you're in baseball in any way, shape, or form, if I find you to be involved in sports, if you're doing things for the right reasons, if you're an influencer, a trainer, a coach, somebody that loves the game, I'm going to follow you back. I'm not interested in having a hundred following a hundred people and having ten thousand people follow me. I use social media to become more uh, more knowledgeable about the game, but I also want to be knowledgeable about what's going on with the people that are playing the game and are part of the game. So I'm going to follow you. It's that simple. Find me at Podcast Baseball. My big ask of you, though, is to go to Facebook, type in Youth Baseball Talk, like my Facebook page. All your friends and family that are involved in this wonderful game, I would ask you to click invite your friends and go through your list and invite them to like our Facebook page as well. You can find us on Instagram at Youth Baseball Talk. And, of course, could not do the show without all of our support from lineupmedia.fm. They're the fastest-growing podcast company on the planet. And they've just launched Yo! Radio. Google it, Yo! Radio, the newest Internet sensation. When it comes to radio stations, they're going to have a baseball-dedicated channel soon. I'm so excited about being a part of that. I cannot thank them enough. Um, uh, And, again, my producers, Brian Kroc, Andrew Allen, that do everything behind the scenes for the show, thank you so much, guys. I really appreciate it. Okay, time to talk about bats before we get to our weekly influencers, who I appreciate being a part of this show as well. Um, All right, so here's the deal. So as I mentioned earlier, uh, a guy that played the game was involved in it and then coached it. Um, If you've followed it at all over the years, what you've noticed is baseball bats kind of got to a point where um, as long as they were in these certain guidelines with dimensions and weights and things like that, um, they were using different materials and and always pushing the envelope to get what out of a bat. Like, what are the things you're looking for in a bat, right? Well, number one is, is it a good bat when it comes to two things? Is it, you know, like, because we dealt with this, like, is it quality? And quality can mean a lot of things, but to me, when you're spending money on something, quality is, is it going to last? I mean, certain companies have built bats that went through problems because they were pushing the envelope so much that they were denning and cracking and breaking. And then there's always research and development. So even if that's not the cause, maybe something they did that they thought would help the bat didn't work so well, and then you know they didn't take into account that this is how the bat's treated, whatever that may be. To me, quality is I'm not even going to say it's the most important thing to the people that are buying it, because I'm going to mention the second part, and that's really what's gotten us in trouble, and that is, let's face it, the most important thing probably to most people is what? Performance. Okay? When you're 8 or whether you're 18, one of the first things you ask about a bat is, is it any good? It's the first thing you ask. If somebody is using a bat, I've seen it every day for the last 15 years, new bat, in a kid's hand, I've seen it at 7U. I've seen it at 18U. I've seen it in college. Hey, is it any good? That's the first question. How's the ball come off of it? That's the next question. That might even be the first question. Now, How's the ball come off of it? And then a kid grabs it and he swings it, and he immediately can tell if he likes it or not, judging by the way the ball comes off it. Sometimes it's sound. Sometimes it's feel, right? Number one, performance. Okay, so now we're into the business of baseball. If you started a company tomorrow and you said, you know what, I'm going to get into making baseball bats, what do you think the number one thing, if you want to be better than, let's just throw some of the names out there, if you want to go up there and play with Easton and Louisville and Rawlings, what do you, DeMarini, whatever they are, what do you think the number one thing you better be able to do to compete with those, what what, what, what better you be able to do? You better be able to make a bat that is at least as good performance-wise or better performance-wise than those bats, right? Okay, so. I think baseball realizes maybe they have a problem. They hate to use the word safety, even though, see, they know that it's bad for them to talk about safety because then it puts baseball in a bad light. So even though they understand they have a problem, they sit here and say, oh, it's not about safety. We want you to know that youth baseball is extremely safe. And if you look at the numbers, if you're one of those people that say, I mean, look at how many kids play baseball, and we're talking about a couple of instances each year, right? Right? Well, you're right. Unless you're the people that it affects, then it's not so cool, right? Now, so what do they point to? And I will, and and I'm not a quote guy, but there's an article done, you know, through MLB.com talking about the USA Bats by Mike McCormick, and he addresses it in here and talks to USA Baseball. USA Baseball claims what they want is a consistent playing field. And, when, and how do you get consistent? And I'll argue this point, too, on the other side, which is interesting. I guess to them, consistency is a wood bat feel and a wood bat type of bat, all the while understanding that wood bats necessarily probably aren't going to work for young kids for a variety of reasons, uh, whether that be the way they break, the way wood, wooden bats typically are made and how they weigh in a young kid's hand. So they're trying to say, hey, look, we understand the physicalness of baseball at a young age and the ability to swing a bat sometimes depends on how heavy the bat is, how it's balanced. So we're going to allow, we're going to keep allowing the aluminum bats, but what we're going to do is, much like they've done with high school and college, we're going to quote unquote, and they're not going to use this term. I'll use it. This is me. We're going to dummy them down a little bit so that they react much like wood. Now, so what did the BB core? What was the cry there? The cry there was this. Much like the really good wood bats, and that's kind of my argument there, not all wood bats are created equal. I promise you that. I can go right to my son's high school program, to his summer program, and watch kids swing $200 Chandler bats and watch some kids swing a $50 Rawlings wooden bat. And no disrespect to Rawlings because they also have $150, $200 pro model bats. Okay? I just use them because you'll readily see a $50 bottom, you know, bottom of the barrel wooden bat in any local sporting goods store i promise you when you pay 50 dollars for wooden bat you're getting what you pay for you're going to get a 50 dollar bat and that bat ain't going to last long and the ball does not come off that bat like it does the pro model with the harder wood the compressed i mean guys there is a method to this madness and how these guys push the envelope for performance they even do it within the rules so it's happening so imagine it happening with vague and big rules right now that being said it's a very simple process if you, if you watch it. They put rings inside the bat, which prevent what? This trampoline effect. Without the rings, the trampoline, it allows it to go way in and come way out. Now, when we say way in, we're talking about a very small thing. But when you start taking that away, then it, it becomes drastic. So what it allows for is a very small sweet spot. So when you use an aluminum bat, if you hit the ball really, really well in the sweet spot, you still get the effect of aluminum bat. What it protects against is any ball not hit on the sweet spot reacts more like a wooden bat. To that degree, a wood bat's the same way. A wood bat, all wood bats have a sweet spot that, man, if any kids used one or if you've ever used one, when you hit a ball off that sweet spot, it feels so good. And that ball comes off of there, good. I don't care what it is. Okay, so kind of where I'm going with that now, see? So what's happened here is, over years, baseball's figured, okay, and th- again, I'm going to give you my theory. I've never sat anybody down and said, tell me the why. I know the why. I know what you're going to tell me, but I also know the why. Okay, so baseball's out of control. We know we got some problems. We have bats, balls flying all over the place. And whether you say it's safe, I understand that it's safe. You know who it's not safe for? Those few kids a year that get drilled back up the middle, especially the pitchers. It's not safe. Ground balls flying through the infield at eight years old and hitting kids in the face. And, and again, we're – unfortunately, we're talking about a few drastic situations here, and I don't want to make a rule every time somebody gets hurt. I never said that. I am so against that. But we're talking about something, in my opinion, that's silly. All for what? See, that's what it's about. What is it for? Who and why do we have these bats that are nuts? And you all know who I'm talking about and what I'm talking about. There are bats out there that are cult bats that are five years old that sell for Hundreds and hundreds of dollars on Facebook on, on eBay. Why do you think that is? I mean, come on, let's use some common sense here. I see kids using these all orange Eastons, these composite bats, which were legal when they came out of the wrapper and I promise you today would never pass one of those tests. And these kids are miss hitting balls three hundred and something feet. Now you tell me that that I mean, what good is that? We got bats with these trampoline effects and all this kind of stuff, and we got kids hitting balls and rockets. Who's it really for? I'll tell you who it's for. And, again, you're not going to like this, some of you out there, because you do it. It's for the parents to put it on Facebook. And you're going, oh, no, it's not. Not me, not my kid. Let me tell you something, Jimbo. Let me tell you something. If we didn't have these bats, my son is small. He would never hit the ball out of the infield. Yes, he would. Yes, he would. He'd figure it out. Yes, he would. Listen, I've seen all types. I've seen all kinds. I don't need your boo-hoo story. I don't. And if I've offended you, I'm sorry. But I don't need it. So don't give it to me. My son was little. Little, little, little. Okay? And now you can say, well, that's you, Jim. If they would have had this USA bat standard, I would have welcomed it. Because let me tell you something, guys. And you all probably know. We played in a wood bat tournament every year. It was the funnest tournament we played in. And you know how many hits there were a game? two or three, a lot of defense. It was awesome. It was phenomenal. Now, just because you don't like it sitting in the stands, because there's not a lot of big hits and a lot of home runs, that makes it bad. Let me tell you something. The kids just want to play. And if everybody's using the same thing, that's how the game will go. But at a young age, the game should be about defense and throwing strikes and learning how to play the game the right way. And that's what you get in that. What you don't get are balls hit, n- miss hit, base hits all the time. And that you see that so much. And, I, again, I know you're, there's a few of you out there going, no, Jim, you're wrong. Not, not at our level, man. We're, we're, we're really good. Not at our level, man. Nope. You, you're out of touch, man. You don't know what's going on. Let me tell you something. I assure you, I've seen the best teams. At every level, at every age, I've seen them. I know how good some of these kids are. There's nothing wrong with that. There, I, I, I've defended that. I think it's great. If you've got kids at a young age that love it and this is all they want to do and they want to get better, I'm, who, why is that bad? I've always said, why is that bad? It's bad when the adults make it about them, and I'm sorry. That's what the bats are. It is 100% about the adults. You're never going to convince me it's not. I promise you. Now, listen, Let me let me say this we've created a monster now so now we got to now we got to get rid of the monster right but i promise you if these kids had never held these bats and you just gave them all a bunch of bats and said go play and they were all the same same standard of bat the kids are going to go out and play baseball but now what we're going to have is a bunch of kids that when they struggle and when they don't hit are going to blame it on the bat so thank you (laughs) and and here's the worst part we're going to have some parents and coaches that are going to enable them, and they're going to be right there with them going, these bats are stupid. Well, he was a really good hitter till these bats come around. Listen to that statement. I want you to listen to what you just said because there's people going to say it. It's already being said out there on Facebook, and it's already being done. Well, he was a really good hitter till these bats come around. Well, what does that mean then? He wasn't a very good hitter. Does that mean he's not going to be a good hitter? No. So anyway, listen, I think the dumbest thing I've ever seen is everybody not going to these bats because ultimately they're trying to accomplish a couple of things. And here's the deal. If part of this is let's throw a new bat standard in so everybody's got to buy new bats and it it influxes money into the baseball community, good luck. You're never going to get away from that no matter what you do. If you don't implement this, they're going to do something else. So what's the difference? This here makes it more about baseball. Hey, I've always said that seven-, eight-year-old kids, even nine-year-olds, should be playing machine pitch, not pitch. Okay, yeah, okay, here we go again. Oh, Jim, you're just out of touch. You don't know. No, I do know because we were really good at nine. We had five kids that could throw strikes all the time. We were one of very few teams in our 200-mile radius that had that many kids that could throw strikes. Now there were, We found other teams that were just like us, and we played really nice baseball games. But you know what else we did? We played a lot of baseball games against, unfortunately, kids that just struggled to throw strikes. So what happens when that happens? To walk fast. That kid struggles. It stinks. Then you gotta go to another guy. And then you're running out of pitching. You know what we learned playing machine pitch at seven and eight U? We played defense every at bat. We learned how to where to be. We learned how to read the ball off the bat. We learned how to turn double plays. We learned how to do cutoffs. Every game we played, and the game moved along so fast at that age five-run max innings before the last inning. We played two games in two hours and 15 minutes. Our kids loved it, and they learned how to play the right way. And I promise you none of them were behind because they put pitching off a couple of years like they do in some other states. And I'm not here to knock what anybody else is doing. I'm just giving you my opinion, okay? Okay. Honestly, when we were nine, we played really good teams from a, in a lot of places and we played better defense than them. And I would sit around and talk to the coaches on the other team and they'd be like, makes sense, because last year at 8U where we are, we played coach we played kid pitch. And you know, really you don't get very many balls hit in play, so the kids wind up standing around almost the whole game. You guys last year playing machine pitch, every ball's in play. And it's true. So sometimes you gotta get away from you're, you're thinking and think about what's best both for the game and the development of the kids. Now you consider and go, well, Jim, the, the, the bats are really fun for these kids. These souped up bats, I can tell you who it ain't fun for. It ain't fun for the kid pitching 40 something feet away, especially when, you know, you got the monster on the other team who's in second grade, but he's playing with all the first graders because he's got the right birthday and he's 50 pounds heavier than all the other kids and he's you know he's, he's it's, it's just and again you can say well Jim it's always been that way okay that's fine there's a lot of things you could say well it's always been that way and let's face it I'm not the one saying we're changing it, the game is changing whether I like it or not but when it comes to the bat standard I'm not quite sure why you should have a problem with this uh, now listen if you want to say I'll tell you why I got a problem with it Jim this will be like how many bats am I going to buy but see that doesn't bother me because again, I've been in this a long time. I I can't remember the last time I seen a kid use the same bat 2 years in a row. <laughs> I I just can't. I don't see it. I see bats get handed down, so maybe that's a problem or or I see people take their used bats and then resell them. I so maybe that's a problem. Yeah, I get that part of it. That's a problem. That stinks. That's the business, sure. Went through I I went through that at the, I, my, I, I saw that with the BB Corps, that my son was that age. You'd go to these Play It Again Sports, and there'd be all these BESR drop threes in these barrels for $15. You know who loved it were these guys, were, were these guys like my friend that play man ball, these guys that play in these leagues were, were, that are 35 and over and 40 and 45 and over, and they didn't implement these bat standards. They could go get these great bats for $15, $20. It was awesome for those guys. But even they realized they had a problem and changed most of the leagues that I am aware of around here, you know, they got nothing to gain, these men's leagues. They saw a problem, they dealt with it. They thought it was what was best for the game. Will this make the game better? I don't know. I mean, I'm, I don't have a crystal ball. I think anytime you can make it more like traditional baseball and it's not a freak show circus, which I'm sorry, I would so, I, listen, let me say this I was 100% a part of the freak show. Uh, it's for sure. Listen, I had a kid on my team like that when we were really young. It's a young man I've had on the show a couple times. That is a sophomore in high school and is already committed to go to Louisville. He is six foot three, two hundred and fifty pounds, left-handed. His exit speed with a wood bat's one hundred and two miles an hour. This kid, when he was eight years old, was dangerous. He was dangerous. I'll never forget. I say this. I tell everybody this story, and it's true. Everybody, everybody was there. We were playing in a tournament. And they've got you know, and, P, and when you had to have a pitcher that would stand in the circle, you know, people finally got wise and would at least make them wear a helmet. But you know, some people wear a face mask and all this kind of stuff. We're playing against this team, and they've got this kid up there that looked like he was about five years old. And we're playing an eight U tournament. This kid couldn't have been sixty pounds. And I'm not kidding you. I looked. He looked over at me and he's got his hands on. He's got his hands on his knees, and he's literally forty feet from this kid at home plate. And I looked at this kid and I said, hey. Why don't you scoot back there a little bit? And his coach just unloaded on me. Don't you talk to my player. And I said, if you're not going to scoot him back, I thought I would. Oh, your guy's a big stud, is he? And I said, listen, I, uh, okay. It doesn't matter what my kid did after that. It's just it's the reality of what was going on. So I watched it with my own eyes. And then I watched the batch change. And I watched this kid still be a great hitter. You know, I watched all kinds of kids go through the bat changes and they figured it out. And the kids are more resilient than we think they are. And it's not going to crush their dreams if they aren't flipping balls out of 200. You know, that's you know, there's so many parks now where they're age appropriate fences and 200 feet for 12 years old. So kids are hitting home runs. And listen, we were a part of all that. Guilty as charged. Yep. But to fight change for the better. Just because you want to be a part of the, the mayhem, so to speak, is ridiculous. Now, again, there's some of you out there that are sitting there going, Jim, you're wrong, man. I, it, that's not what it's about for me. My son is a really good player, but he plays on a team with these big kids. He's got a bad birthday. He's got to play this age. If it wasn't for that Batman, he couldn't play. Yes, he could play. Yes, he could. Yep, he sure could. And you know why I know that? Because I said the same thing you said about my son. When he had to go to middle school, okay, this is, this is the big thing in our area, sixth grade, my son's the littlest, smallest kid out there, and, and they put a 30-inch drop-three aluminum bat in his hand, BB core, and say, this is what you have to use because this is the school bat standards. And I'm going, look how little he is. He can't swing that bat. And you know what? First week he swung it, it wasn't very good. And he kept swinging it and kept swinging it, learned how to swing the bat. It helped him actually learn how to swing the bat correctly. And you know what? It wasn't long, and we had no problems. Oh, that's great for your kid, Jim. Listen, my kid's not special. There's nothing special about him. He was and still is to some degree an undersized kid. That's not big and strong. Okay? Okay? Quit making excuses. Stop it. What, you're going to raise an excuse maker, and you're also becoming an enabler by giving them the excuse to say, "Well, it's the bat. It's the bat." Dude, you know. And the big questions, other things that are coming in, that I'm just not going to be much of a help with is, "Well, hey Jim, do you know if I can use this bat?" And it's like, "I don't know. I have no idea. It's so all over the board." I'm so disappointed in you, Triple I become more and more dis dis like disenchanted with them every year and we played so much U triple s a but the last thing i ever coached was an all-star weekend i took a team to one of those nine state deals from where we were at to play the highest level and and i get up there and i I, what i've got is from nine states a bunch of coaches arguing about the pitch limit thinking uh, how are we supposed to do this if the kids can only throw three innings a day and i just stood up and said who does that anymore anyway and they all looked at me, and I said, you're really going to take these kids and throw them three innings today and three innings tomorrow? You're really going to do that? And to the point that you're arguing about, it, that if it's enough? And they all looked at me, and I said, they go, well, what are you going to do? you got a team of how many kids, and you got to play five games in three days? I said, they're all going to take their turn pitching. Oh, oh, but we don't have 15 pitchers. I go, they can all pitch. How are you going to compete? I said, we'll lose. Maybe we'll lose. Maybe we'll win. We're going to compete, and I'm not going to ruin a kid over some stupid rule. The bad thing's the same thing. Go play, go do it right. Teach the game the right way.'t don't, don't give kids outs for excuses and and, and I just I'll never understand it. I don't get it. This bad thing's got me baffled. And again, it's not the bad thing per se. it's the discussions that are going on. On Twitter and on Facebook about it I I just I can't believe how many times I've been told I don't understand you just don't understand how do I not understand I'm willing to look at it from both sides listen is it ideal if your kid's smaller no it's not ideal but what is ideal because here's the deal if your kid's using a souped up bat so is the now we're back to what so it helps your kid a little bit well I promise you it really helps the kid that's oversized And playing down. (laughs) All I'm worried about is my kid. Yeah, you're worried about it to your kid standing out at second base and gets a one hopper in the throat or the chops and then doesn't want to play no more. It's just, again, I don't understand it. And again, I am asking you to tell me how I'm wrong. I'm not going to send back, you're stupid, you're ignorant, you don't know what you're talking about. I'm not going to do that. That's not my nature when it comes to this. You may have a hard time convincing me I'm wrong, but I'm willing to listen. But I've given you the arguments for the four. Well, my kid can't do it. He can't swing it. Or, you know, I really want somebody to be honest. Go, Jim, what's wrong with home runs? What's wrong with wanting to murder a baseball? What's wrong with it? I, I'm i waiting for somebody to stand up and be honest and say that. And I ha- I, I take that, I mean, I mean, in this setting, because I have seen people say that. Again, I don't understand why improving the game and people could say, "Well, you really believe that's improving the game?" I do. I do believe that. So there's let's just let's just get that out there. I do believe having a wood feel to the bats will improve this game. It's going to now <laughs> the game. I didn't say over like every category in the game. Is it going to hurt the offense? Sure it will. But that's that's not a why is that a bad thing? The only people that think that's bad are the people that think that's what baseball is all about. And we are and we have conditioned people to think that. No differently than we have conditioned people to think you have to throw it 100 miles an hour. Now, while I understand, and I am well within the understanding portion of this to, to know, yep, if you throw it 100 and if you hit it 500 feet, you got a real good chance of getting an opportunity that other kids don't get. I get that, and that's fine. But when I say this to you, When it really comes time, when it comes time to hitting, when it comes time to get judged as to whether or not you can hit at, quote-unquote, the next level, whatever that is, what bats are they using? So this is where I say to you, who's the one out of touch? Because I just spent how much time last summer going to these, going to real tournaments, high school tournaments, real ones, like Lake Point in Atlanta, where when you're walking around, every college in the country is there. And every major league team is there, okay? So I just went there for six days. I've been to other ones in other places. And what are they swinging at these tournaments? Wood. They're not swinging the hottest aluminum bat out there. Why do you think that is? Why do you think in the biggest tournaments like that, they're swinging wood? Why do you think that is? Ask yourself that question. And then ask yourself how. And what correlation there is between your kid at 12 years old using a souped-up all-orange Easton, drop-five or drop-eight or whatever the hell it is, that wouldn't pass a bat standard today because it's, the, 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 it's all the, the, the outside of its all, whatever they call that, you know broken down, the fibers are broken down, so that the thing's like a damn trampoline. You tell me how that is going to help your kid when he gets up there. It doesn't. There's nothing you can say, nothing you can prove to me that's going to tell you that by him using that bat at 12 is going to make him a better hitter at 16 with a wood bat in his hand. It is purely for the glorification and the performance at 12 years old. There's no other reason for it. Zero. And I'm going to tell you, I've had this hard conversation with people, people that I call friends, to the point of argument, to where a couple years later they come back from me and say, you know, I I see it now. I do see it now, and you're right. And the wrong part of being a parent and saying, "Well, this is this is my favorite," and I'm going to leave you with this. Here's my favorite excuse: Well, everybody else is doing it, so we're at a disadvantage if we don't do it. There's my all-time favorite, because routinely our team last summer when we were playing in a few tournaments where, you know, some of the smaller tournaments aren't wood bat because they want to leave it open because they want to attract teams. Our team used wood because that was mandated from our program. And I'd hear the parents, well, we're at a disadvantage. The other team's using aluminum and we're using wood. I'd hear that a lot. And then when we'd lose, and sometimes we'd get it handed to us, and maybe the aluminum bats had something to do with it. I'm sure it did to some degree. It's The first thing they'd tell her, that's how they'd lead off the conversation. Well, they used aluminum. <laughs> okay. Yeah, they sure did. Yep, they did. We lost. It's okay. (laughs) I I just, some of the things that I see on a daily basis that spark conversation never cease to amaze me. This bat thing is right up there. I just don't understand what the big deal is. So again, I'm asking you, get back at me and tell me where I'm wrong. I am more than willing to admit if I'm wrong. You show me how I'm wrong. Now, I can promise you, I've already told you what. If you come come back at me with it's not, I don't want to hear about how small they are. you you nobody. Listen, no, my we played at a very high level, and my kid was really little, and you know was and was not a great hitter. Nope. Nope. He wasn't wasn't a very good hitter. You, you know, good good little defender and through strikes, really good defensive infielder and through strikes, wasn't a great hitter. And let me tell you something, you know. This was before USA bat standard. (laughs) Listen, sometimes it's not the bat. The kid needs time to develop. It isn't going to matter what bat he swings. Okay. I promise you. Think about what you're doing and why you're doing it. That's all I'm saying. I welcome your comments. I welcome your concerns. I welcome the conversation. Please get, get with me through social media. I'm happy to have this conversation. Um, Time now to get to some of our segmented uh, uh, conversations that happen each year, each week here on Youth Baseball Talk. Of course, you guys are familiar with Kurt McNabb. I've had him on a few times. He comes to you each and every week as part of the, uh, the sponsorship and, that I have with my good friend John Smoltz, Earl Perrin, Chris Verna from The Rope Trainer. Check them out at theropetrainer.com. As John Smoltz says, everyone should have one from big leaguers to little leaguers. I encourage you to, uh, to pay attention to what's going on with them this year. I saw a picture last week of Earl and, and the guys at John's house. Uh, nice house, by the way, John, um, which I would expect nothing less from a Hall of Famer. Um, they've got a lot of stuff in store for everybody, especially when it comes to the why of the rope trainer. So, again, let's hear what my friend and yours, Kurt McNabb from Dirtbag, Dirtbag Baseball Nation, has for us this week, and uh, we'll see what we have on the other side. Take it away, Kurt. Can you feel it, Dirt
1: Dirtbags. If you're in college or travel ball, you've already started workouts. If you're in the pros, it's only two weeks away before pitchers and catchers report, and if you're just a flat-out dirtbag baseball lover, then you must be getting all jacked up about baseball games officially starting somewhere close to you. I personally have loved this time of year as long as I can remember because it sends my emotions into overdrive. Just the baseball images flying through my mind as I sit here talking to all of you about this exact thing coming up is incredible. This is the part of the culture here at Dirtbag Baseball Nation that I talked about building into your program last week on the Rope Report. If you missed it, go back and listen to it because it will tie in with what I'm going to share with you this week. As I mentioned, your culture is really who you are, so really take the time to figure it out because it's your culture. Some people call them your daily habits that create sustainability once you have your culture figured out then you can share it with your parents coaches team or entire organization the next step after you've shared your culture is to make it contagious and that's why we say here at dirtbag baseball nation get up get after it and get dirty one let's face it we have to get up every day and we do have a choice on what our day is going to be like fun challenging exciting rewarding or dismal just sit around, do nothing, miserable and disastrous, to name a few outcomes. Nolan Braden and I know that we want to wake up and make a difference in a player, a parent, a coach, or an entire organization every day. Is it challenging? Absolutely. Is it impossible? No. Let's find your culture, and you too will start getting up with purpose as well. Two, when you stop and think about it for a few minutes, the possibilities are limitless in how you can get after it every day. I'm not talking about just baseball related things, I'm talking about getting after it with everything you do. When you start building this into your culture, you will find it becomes contagious not to not only yourself, but to those you're involved with on a daily basis. Number three, the final step is to not be afraid to get dirty while creating, building and maintaining your culture. Have a ton of fun with it personally, as well as with the people who are involved with you. In the case of when I'm working with the team from the rope trainer, we are always focusing on these areas for our present customers as well as all our future customers. As you know, data is always being done routinely to validate how and why the rope is better for all baseball and softball players and not just pitchers. The rope needs to be used as a regular part of your throwing program year round, whether you're a player, a coach, or an instructor. For example, I used my ropes last week with a pitching, or sorry, with a coach and a parent clinic. I was able to show them proper throwing mechanics in an efficient time period because they had it in each of their hands at all times and didn't have to waste time throwing a ball back and forth with the possibility of chasing an errant throw. This is just one simple way the rope can be used as part of your program and another reason why I believe every single person involved with baseball or softball has to have a rope trainer with them at all times. Each rope trainer is also guaranteed to be replaced if it breaks. Obviously, it needs to be used properly as per instructions that are included with every purchase. In case you still don't believe me. Why is John Smoltz also saying that the rope trainer needs to be used by everyone from big leaguers to little leaguers? John couldn't be more in on this product and behind this. That's coming from a major league hall of fame pitcher who couldn't be more passionate about everybody's arm health at all ages. The rope is no gimmick dirtbags. So the question shouldn't be Why should I get the rope trainer? The question should be, why am I not already using the rope trainer? You can get yours by going to www.perfectpitchandthrow.com and be sure to enter DIRTBAG and the number 5. That's DIRTBAG and the number 5 at checkout so that we know you heard about it here on the Rope Report. Thanks as always for listening and please send us your questions and feedback to Info at DirtbagBaseballNation.com. That's info at DirtbagBaseballNation.com. You have my personal guarantee that I will respond. Until next week, dirtbags, start getting up, getting after it, and getting dirty.
2: Great stuff as always, Kirk. Again, um, couldn't have picked a better guy to represent the rope trend. I love his passion. I love what he's doing. I love everything those guys are doing over there at the Rope Trainer. And if you were around him at all at the ABCA, they are an infectious bunch. So give them an opportunity to help you and yours with that, uh, with those, uh, with those arms out there, guys. It's not just for pitchers. Make sure you check it out: theropetrainer.com. dot uh, com. Our newest. Uh, well, no, I take that back. Um, well, let's hear from our uh, from our old favorite, of course, Justin Stone and the gang at EliteBaseball.tv. More and more stuff coming out from Justin. These guys are pushing the envelope every day with the body, how it works, how it's involved in our athletic movements when it comes to the game of baseball. These guys are second to none when it comes to that, folks. Check them out, EliteBaseball.tv. Let's take it away with the EliteBaseball.tv training tip of the week.
0: Thanks, Jim. Justin Stone with EliteBaseball.tv. And the tip of the week this week comes with figuring out if all the work we've done this offseason, building our swing in the cage, how do we know if it's going to translate to the field? So of course what we have to do is incorporate velocity at some point as the test to find out if the swing is practical or not. So what I'm going to talk about today are the steps that I use in the cage to start to incorporate velocity as a test, assessment, and then allow you to go back as a coach and tweak things you need to to make sure all the things that we're doing, building the swing up becomes practical and useful when we get into a live game situation. So here's how I do it. My philosophy on this is I always work slow and close before I work far and fast. And I do that drill progression with everything, not just hitting, but I do it defensively too. So we do our T-work first to get feel of kinesthetic awareness of the body. How does my body relate between brain and muscle fibers? Then we're going into some front toss, a very non-threatening situation where I can get the same speed, a very controlled pitch, controlled drill, and feel the things I was trying to do with my body in T-work and having him show up against a moving ball. But now gradually, I have to add two things, distance and velocity. And both these variables make the drills harder. So what we're finding out is if the things that we're doing as we build into our T-work and we see that swing translate to the front toss, are they practical when we get to a live game situation? So as we add distance and velocity, we are now adding a test an assessment. And I don't want players to think a great deal mechanically or at all when we're doing this live game situation or when we're doing live batting practice. I want it to be just reaction. This is the test. This is seeing if the things that my body has been working on in a thinking situation can just show up and be applied when the gun goes off. Now the dogs are running. We can find out if this is going to work for us or not. So I think you have to, have to go back and find out, once we get to a larger distance, seeing if the swing breaks down at all. And typically what you'll see is the player will be rushed and they're gonna shorten their loading mechanism. Usually this happens because they simply start too late. Especially the younger the player, they will typically see the ball out of the hand, react to it, saying yes or no, am I gonna swing at this? And then really start the process of the swing. Versus learning to do that, During the load stride process, starting early, making sure that the body is advancing at the very least as the ball comes out of the pitcher's hand. That gives them plenty of time to go through their unique loading mechanism. Slow, smooth, under control, which makes it easier to see and react to pitches with good body control as well. You're going to find the swings are a lot sounder and they're going to look smoother because we're doing this over a longer period of time. The more we rush things, the later we start, the more swing mechanics are going to break down and it becomes survival mode at that point. More of a defensive swing. I'm just reacting and trying to defend myself from the ball rather than taking an aggressive, offensive mindset in the batter's box. So that's typically what will happen. You've got to go back and find out how are they changing, why are they changing, and then use that in your drill work once again. So the next time I'll go through front toss with them, I may speed the ball up to challenge them to start earlier and be smoother when they have less reaction time. You know, there's a reason that professional scouts are looking for players that throw 90 miles an hour and above. You shorten that window of timing, you shorten that reaction time, mechanics become harder. So the counteraction of that, and this is something I ask my players is, what are you gonna do if you feel like the ball's on you faster and you feel rushed? And a lot of times a young player will answer, well I'll speed up myself and of course it's a trick question I'm trapping him into that what I want him to say is I need to start sooner to maintain my same feel, the same pace of my load stride mechanism which will allow me for the same mechanics. So those are the tests that we have to do expose them with velocity. Hey if your guy can't throw velocity at a high speed with batting practice you can do that with front toss, speed up the pitch and give them that same shorter reaction time window. At the very least, put them on a pitching machine. Preferably one with an arm so you can get a little bit of timing in it. But even then, just exposing them to a higher level speed of pitch is going to show you what they need to work on in your drill setting, make that time more productive, and then also allow you to know whether it's going to translate to the field. This is Justin Stone with EliteBaseball.tv, and ne- till next week, we'll see you on the field.
2: Great stuff as always. Really appreciate the gang up there, EliteBaseball.tv. Uh, the great product, especially out of Chicago uh, area, such a such a big market, and he impacts so many kids. But what he's doing across Major League Baseball with with the with the the Cubs and people like that, and of course his clients that are in the game, I, I tell you, it's a, it's an amazing thing to watch these guys one day work with a seven year old and the next day work with a guy in the big leagues. It's an amazing thing. So uh, that's why I love their stuff. It translates. It's not over your head. Even though when they get to talk, and I feel like it is, when you see it. And that's the beauty of EliteBaseball.tv. When you see it with your own eyes and how it's explained, it's actually really easy to translate to your young players. Check it out, EliteBaseball.tv. Newest member of the rotation, of course, everybody is, has met uh, Dirk Dombrowski, uh, the, the vocal representative, of course, from my new, friend, uh, new friends at Precision Impact, the wonderful uh, product company that offers much more than that. But remember, for all of your needs, when it does come to that, check them out at Precision Impact. Volume discounts, guys. Schools, colleges, people like that. If you have a team or a facility, they're willing to give you guys volume discounts for the things that they do. It's a very streamlined and automated business. They outsource all their their warehousing and shipping so that you – can in turn then get the cost shown to you. And let's face it, in programs today, that's what we're looking for is is, is cheaper cost because it's costing more and more to run a program. This year for uh, 2018, they're building a community through Facebook and their YouTube channels. You can ask them questions directly and check it out, of course. So, again, check them out, Precision Impact. I, I highly encourage everybody to do that. We're going to hear from Dirk today, of course, uh, with his, uh, with his uh, segment from Precision Impact. What to consider before starting a baseball velocity program. This ought to be good.
3: Take it away, Dirk. Hey everybody, welcome to Precision Impact. My name is Dirk and on this segment today we're going to talk about what should you consider before starting a velocity program. Now we kind of think of a velocity program um, as a program designed to safely and effectively increase your ability to throw a ball, baseball faster. Now in that that program it might consist of a strength training aspect, a mechanical assessment, uh, perhaps some weighted equipment used in there, and the act of actually throwing baseballs. When we consider throwing programs, some of the things we should ask ourselves or consider are, is velocity a priority at this point in my career? What age are you at? Is it a priority that you throw harder and faster, and of course safely and effectively? Are you prepared to make a commitment to the program that you choose? Now, going into an endeavor like a velocity program requires warming up effectively, throwing effectively and recovering effectively, as well as probably a strength aspect in there as well. Are you prepared to do everything that a program uh, enlists? Because if you're not, you're not actually acting that program to its fullest potential and probably not receiving the effects as effectively as you could. As well as a lot of programs um, not done properly can yield potential injuries, whereas if you follow it properly, the way it's designed, there's a good chance that you can safely and effectively throw the ball faster. Is it the right time in your season? We shouldn't necessarily be thinking about taking on a velocity program in playoff season, right? Planning and strategizing to make sure that if the velocity program, and you've chosen one, that you started at the right point in your season, whether it be the off season or directly after your season starts, maybe giving yourself a bit of a break, the velocity program that you decide to undertake should also be taking that into consideration and talking to you about when to start it at an appropriate time. Have you done some research? Talk to some coaches and some players that have experience in velocity programs. Doing your research and your having due diligence is crucial when undertaking a programs like this. These days, there are so many programs out there these days guaranteeing results, and it's just your job as an athlete or a coach or a parent to make sure that you contact these programs, maybe talk to some of the players that have already gone through it before, interviewing some of the coaches themselves to make sure that this program fits you and is the right program for your child or athlete. Um, have you been medically cleared to undergo a velocity program? That's pretty crucial. Um, there, a lot of the time we ignore simple mundane pain thinking it's just, you know, it, it's just a little bit of soreness here, soreness there, and then maybe an impingement. But it's important to go get medically cleared before you begin a program like this because it's not necessarily the act of the program that can cause some injuries, but it's some dwindling injury that just has not been taken care of effectively. Go get medically cleared, talk to a medical professional, make sure that they approve and say, yes, absolutely, everything's fine, it's just some minor inflammation, it's just a bit of wear and tear, you're good to go. And finally, ask yourself, why is it that you're considering under undertaking a velocity program? Is it something that you necessarily need? Are you maybe an infielder or a pitcher or a catcher or an outfielder? Is this program or program gonna serve you as some kind of benefit? Or is it just a trend that's going around right now that you wanna jump on the train of? Ask yourself some really smart questions. Learn as much as you can. With knowledge, you can make informed decisions. And hopefully, if you choose to undertake one, it's going to help improve your performance and ultimately your baseball career. Maybe it's not something you need at this specific point in your career, which you can hold off a little bit. Everybody's going to be a little bit different. Do your research ask the right questions talk to professionals and get the right answers to make sure your career is the best it can be as always if you have any questions comments or concerns regarding this topic today leave them in the comments below if you have any topics for our future videos be sure to let us know thanks very much hey guys thanks for checking out our video if you're a coach or athlete who wants to improve your game be sure to subscribe to our youtube channel and like our facebook page so that you can stay up to date With the latest coaching tips, training techniques, and baseball information. Also, if you're looking for professional, quality baseball training equipment, check out our website at precisionimpact.ca. We sell a variety of training tools such as plow balls, weighted baseballs, resistance bands, heavy hitting baseballs, and much more. Not only do we have the best prices and warranties, but we also have amazing customer service and free shipping for orders over $25. So come check us out at precisionimpact.ca and start making an impact in your baseball career.
2: Great stuff, as always, from uh, from Dirk Dombrowski and the gang at Precision Impact. Uh, something new they're starting, and I want to thank them for, for doing this. Uh, as part of my agreement with them, they are willing to offer all of my Youth Baseball Talk listeners 10% off. Uh, very simple uh, coupon code. You're going to go to precisionimpact.ca. You can check out all their wonderful uh, products, uh, learn how to use them a little bit, some of the bands, the, uh, the balls that they use, flex balls, softball slugs, baseball slugs, weighted baseballs. Uh, and they don't just uh, sell you this stuff, guys. You're going to look on there and see a lot of great things from Dirk on how to use them, what's the best way to, 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 best way to use these uh, pieces. You can contact them for any questions you have. And they're continually growing, continually evolving. So check it out, precisionimpact.ca. When you go in and you make your purchase, there's going to be a place for you to use a coupon code. You're going to use Youth Baseball Talk. Enter it at checkout for your discount. Take advantage of our good friends at Precision Impact. Thank you so much, Phil, and thank you so much, Dirk Dombrowski. It's going to do it for us today. Um, My anticipation is that I ruffled a few feathers out there, probably some people that have been with me for a long time and are like, Jim, you really lost me today, man. (laughs) Man, I was with you all the way until you started in on the bats because, man, let me tell you why I think that's a bad idea. And, hey, that's the difference. I'm willing to listen to you. So get a hold of me. Tell me what you have to say. You know, my good friend Darren Hendrickson from St. Louis University who's been on the show numerous times will tell you, hey, I've had the opportunity to uh to 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 say say things that i knew people weren't going to like but i've got to say it because if we don't have the conversation uh we're not going to uh be able to follow up very well oh hey i almost missed uh we have our winners for our tis the season contest holy cow my friend kurt McNabb is going to kill me um very congratulatory uh wishes to our three winners i have contacted them so they all are aware but aaron church dave clark Justin Dawson, three uh, three loyal listeners it appears as uh, they both got back to me with some very kind – all three got back to me with kind words, letting me know that uh, how much they appreciated the show and the difference it's made in their coaching and parenting lives when it comes to the game of baseball. I appreciate it, guys. I look forward to you guys receiving your rope trainers. I more than anything look forward to making contact with you guys and finding a good time to have you on and speak with the one the only Benji Molina, my good friend who obviously had a 13-year career in the big leagues um, did some coaching afterwards as well, and if he's if you never if you ever needed to meet a more inspirational guy, it's Benji Molina. He will get you ready to go. and I encourage you to read his book, Molina. It's about you know, let's face it, if you all know the story, we got three brothers, all catchers in the major leagues at the same time. There is something to that, folks. read the book, Molina. It'll really change the, your view of this baseball royalty family and what made them tick. it's not uh, it's not just talent folks, it's family. Check it out, Molina. Hey, thank you so much. I appreciate everybody. Again, you can find us at youthbaseballtalk.com. Subscribe to the show. Do your shopping through Amazon. Listen to the back episodes there as well. I encourage everyone, find me on Twitter, at Podcast Baseball. Hit me up on Facebook. That's my real ask. Type in Youth Baseball Talk, like the Facebook page, and then click invite your friends and invite all your friends involved in this wonderful game of baseball. I would appreciate it. Youth Baseball Talk on Instagram as well. And special thanks to everyone at at lineupmedia.fm. I could not do the show without them. Brian Crock, Brian Andrew Allen, my producers, thank you so much, guys. I can never show you how much I appreciate everything you do. To all my loyal listeners, thank you so much. Uh, to Earl Perrin, John Smolch, Chris Verna, everybody at theropetrainer.com, thank you so much. My newest members of, of the staff here, Precision Impact with Phil and Dirk Dembroski. Thanks, guys. I appreciate you. Justin Stone, EliteBaseball.tv, uh, you've been with me since the beginning. Thank you, sir. And, of course, I couldn't do it without you, Kirk McNabb. Thanks so much for everything you do. To our winners of the contest, like I said, I know you've received something from me, but we will stay in contact. Look for our next contest, uh, our next contest as we start to put together something that we know you guys will enjoy. For everybody here at Youth Baseball Talk, I say I'll see you on the field.
1: Tune in next week for another edition of Youth Baseball Talk. Subscribe and leave a rating and review on iTunes, Google Play, Stitcher, or wherever you listen to the show. Find us online at YouthBaseballTalk.com, Facebook.com slash Youth Baseball Talk, or on Twitter at Podcast Baseball. Plus, check out all of our podcasts at lineupmedia.fm.